I'm going to admit to you guys, I'm living my own nightmare in that I have this cold in my voice. It hurts to talk. Well, luckily, <laughs> my you own don't phobia sound, and fear. You don't sound that different. Uh, Is your I, own phobia losing your gift of gab? Yeah, if yep. there's any fear, I know you'll overcome. It's a fear of talking. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of A Free Podcast. We are continuing Season 2 of Fears and Phobias. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello. I haven't slept in three days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are talking about the uh, documentary, The Nightmare. It came out in 2015. It is on Netflix, so if you don't know about it, just check it out there. And uh, let's just do a quick little recap of this. This won't take long. It's about uh, we sort of follow eight different people, four men, four women. They all have nightmares where they uh, feel like they are awake, but they cannot move. And this is called sleep paralysis. They all have similar experiences. There's shadow men and out-of-body experiences. And uh, these experiences sort of have been documented throughout the history of the world and throughout the world. So some talking heads and then some uh, trippy recreations of the shadow, shadow man, and uh, yeah, cat I mean, man. the I- the idea is that that they're they're putting these reenactments in there so the audience can sort of experience what it looks like and sounds like and feels like to be to have sleep paralysis and to experience that nightmare, and not fun. Can yeah, we agree, so you- Joe. Joe, aren't Aren't you a first-hand survivor of sleep paralysis? Yeah, well, that's why I picked it, because I, I wanted to make sure we got at least a few selections in here that are things that we are actually afraid of or have experienced. Tell us tell us about your sleep paralysis. So this happened a few years ago, I think, before this came Pre-9/11 out. Pre-9-11 or after 9-11? <laughs> it's post-9-11. Okay, thank uh, you for I clearing think, that up. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it probably happened a little bit before this film came out. And I, it was, I was in, in bed living, I was living alone at the time and I, I felt like I woke up, but I couldn't move and I was laying on my stomach. I usually, that's how I normally sleep and I could hear somebody whispering, um, at the foot of the bed, beer pants, beer pants. <laughs> <laughs> And I couldn't decipher what they were saying, but I also was immediately aware that there should not be anybody else in my room. So I, I, you know, tried to turn around to uh, see what was going on, but I couldn't move. A weight so heavy, I couldn't move, and it's just was it the d- the demon cat? No, it didn't feel like it was a. It it felt like more of like a force as opposed to a, like a person or a thing. Like it just almost uh, like like gravity was so strong that I couldn't move. Uh, another thing that happens that is common in the movie is that multiple people report uh, it's kind of like a cat slash demon that they report feeling on their chest, keeping them from moving. So that's that's why I asked that in case mm-hmm. anyone's wondering. Then after I hear this whispering and it's getting louder beer and it's beer. And there, like at first, I could sort of feel this, the impressions of like maybe two hands, just two two things touching my 
bed and pressing down coming closer to me and then and then four things like their knees or something and their whispering is, is getting louder and it, it, it's just nonsense I, I couldn't understand what they were saying so then I was trying to think of like well who can save me and there's no one here but my there's my dog and I was like well I guess if I can get her to come in here maybe she'll start barking and maybe scare this person or this thing off but I couldn't so I start yelling her name but I couldn't move my lips and I couldn't move my tongue so I'm it I don't know if I, I probably wasn't actually making any noise but it felt like I was yelling and I could hear it but I, I couldn't like actually say her name because like I said like just try to yell someone's name without moving your tongue or your lips you just sound you sound like Nell there's a timely reference Nell. Remember now? Wow, <laughs> the Jodie Foster movie, the where she like makes guttural wolf sounds or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I can't believe there was a Nell reference. Next up, tune in later for the reference to powder. Okay. There was a joke on Parks and Rec where someone said, "Are you Nell from the movie Nell?" <laughs> Man, Liam Neeson's in there. Does someone die and he goes after it? Is Nell just Helen Keller? This is this is Nell minute by minute. <laughs> what was Nell's deal? Was she raised by wolves? I think she was. Reti- no, you can't use that word. That no? word is not. No. Oh, she had a stroke. No, her her mother had a stroke. And oh my god, her mother had a stroke, and so she learned to speak from her mother, and her mother's speech was messed up from it. So that's why her speech is messed up. Oh, I thought oh. she, I thought she lived in the woods and was raised by animals or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does live in the woods. Okay, seriously, like up until this moment, that was what I thought the movie Nell was. <laughs> that she's raised by wolves. Yeah, that she's <laughs> like a prequel to the Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like there. We should we should pencil a Nell for a special episode. <laughs> Sound off in the. In our mentions, if you want more Nell, if you need Nell, I need Nell. Hashtag I need Nell. We'll call we'll call the uh, that season the disabled list. I think that would be. Oh. I think that would be the death knell for our show. Ooh. Oh man. Speaking of which, do you know the who's same. in that movie? Is uh, Liam Neeson's former wife who skied into a tree and died? Natasha Richardson. Bono. Oh. Do you mean Sonny Bono? <laughs> yeah. Bono. God, dude. What's how much NyQuil did you take before you started this? It's so sad that I know how your busted brain works. I that I knew. I was like, Tree. Oh, I've got you, Tree. tree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the first time someone uh, died from the bark and not the bite. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, boy. Uh, let's let's get back to the story, Joe. I just kept yelling, trying to yell louder and louder and louder to try to get her to come in there and then oh! yeah that was me trying to yell without using my <laughs> lips or tongue yeah I'll, meanwhile i'm just trying to flip over trying to move and it I, i've never felt anything like that the idea of being wide awake but being utterly incapable of moving first time i kind of moved my left shoulder up maybe six inches and then it went back down and then i turned again and then i was able to like flip over and then i was awake and everything was like normal and uh, um, probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Do you think this movie would have worked had you not experienced it? 
Yeah, I think so. I, I, I know it's not like a super well-loved movie, but I, I still think it's pretty good and interesting. I mean, there's problems with it, but the, the way it reenacts what the reenactments I think are absolutely or mostly like really, really awesome and, and sometimes genuinely scary. Just, I think this movie works almost as well as like a, works as like a horror movie too. Not, not great one, but it's got some moments that are like really, really creepy and really cool. The reason I ask is because I've never had a sleep paralysis. I think the one thing to, to mention to our listeners to understand sleep paralysis, you weren't actually awake. That was a dream that you had. That was a nightmare you had, but it felt like you were awake. I, I don't know if that's true because it's like the – I've been – I tried to read as many different medical websites, and, and I the National Health Service uh, for the UK has one, and it describes it as – like a REM, like REM sleep is the stage of sleep that occurs like while while you're you're sleep where, where you're dreaming, yep. right? And sleep, they say sleep paralysis happens when parts of REM sleep occur while you're awake. So your brain is in like REM mode, but you're awake. Okay. So it's more like a, it's more like a, hallu- a waking hallucination, I guess. Be your synapses are just misfiring, and your brain is just going nuts. So it's not. It's not quite a dream, but yeah, I think a, a hallucinogen. And there's still like a lot of mystery behind it. Yeah. Like they're not really sure. And sleep disorders in general. Um so yeah, it's 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 not quite a nightmare, but it's probably the closest thing to get the point across to someone who's never had it. Yeah. Yeah, it it was a struggle for me. So I've had uh and listeners of Titanic Minute will know the histories of my sleep episodes. Um, My thing is that I have something that uh, a a doctor told me is called idiopathic hypersomnia, which is where you're excessively sleepy sometimes during the day and you have great difficulty being awakened from sleep. And so what will happen is that I will like, wake up in the middle of the night and like I'll sit up and I'll be in like an in-between zone like the upside down or something (laughs) and I'll see things or I like I won't know where I am and I'll say random stuff uh sometimes I'll like jump out of bed one time a long time ago like I got up in the middle of the night and like moved a shelf in my room Uh, are you like like the guys in Step Brothers when they're sleepwalking and they go into the kitchen? I clo- closer to that, honestly. Like, um, and then I'm sure you guys will will love this. Is when I a long time ago I did a sleep study, and according to that, I have a high level of nocturnal arousals. <laughs> <laughs> and an arousal is an abrupt change in the pattern of a brainwave activity, as measured by EEG. Oh, it re- it represents I they measured something else. It represents a shift from deep sleep, known as REM sleep, to light sleep. So basically, um, your brain is aroused to some extent. It's a sudden change in your brainwave activity, and you don't necessarily wake up, but it makes you more susceptible. And I think similarly to uh, paralysis, your brain is just firing, and you don't know what's going on. So it's you, so that's so it's, my it's, deal, it's, everyone. It's arousal, as in like like act. It's not sexual. It's arousal, arousal as in like it could be. You've been roused. It, it yeah. could be. 
sleep oh brains are weird man like is i it sounds like i'm joking but it's like it's crazy how much we don't know about brains and what happens when we're asleep yeah yeah it's a lot of unknown stuff um yeah it was uh i wish there was more people who were experts in this movie that i could have learned from like it was a lot of like people telling me their dreams and i was like is there a sleep study is are we gonna talk to like a professional is like anything like expert oriented going to be in here. And, and so the fact that there wasn't kind of like halfway through the movie, it stopped being scary and started being funny to me. That's kind of what yeah, happened to me. this, this movie did not do it for me. And I'm someone it should have really struck home with as someone who has not paralysis, but sleep related issues. And I, I think some of that is exactly what Rob said. That I was like, is there going to be a doctor or a scientist or someone to kind of talk about this? And I don't know if this is good or bad, but there are a lot of really weird uh, reenactments. And my favorite is when a guy gets dick punched by a giant claw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but it, and isn't that like... <laughs> sort of the like at the point just for every nightmare it's like taken in context like while you're experiencing it, it it's oh, quite yeah. scary but anytime you, like it's impossible to really get to, to describe a nightmare in such a way that someone else is going to it's usually well, funny you know out of context and, or when you and as you describe it, it and as you describe it like even if you know <clears throat> a couple nights ago i had like a wild dream and i was like thinking through it the next day and like it all fell apart because there was just so many holes in my whole dream, right? Like, I was like, well, that doesn't even make sense. That's not even what our backyard looks like. None of, you know, like, all, all the connections, they just made no sense. So it kind of falls apart. But there is a lot of stuff in this movie that I kind of wanted to, like, wanted to pause and be like, can we know more about that? The yes. <laughs> I have, I have, an, what's an example? Uh, uh, for, I have a short list. And the first one is when the guy's bed, for some reason, just falls yes! apart. Yeah. In the middle of the night, on top of the Beanie Babies, his mom was hoarding. Slanted. Yeah, I'm like, hold on, hold on. Your bed just like. (laughs) Well, no, no, he didn't mean like it actually did. He said he woke up and that was the state it was in. But that's how. No, he said that's the way his bed was. He said his mom collected Beanie Babies, and Uh, that his bed, because that's how he said he knew he was it was happening because he could open his eyes and he didn't have to raise his head up. I know, but I I didn't. I guess I didn't interpret it that way. I interpreted it as like when he woke up or whatever that it it wasn't literal. Like in the real world, it wasn't actually. Oh, I took it as the real world. See, I took it and. You know, ma- this is I was also need- confused, though. Uh, to be fair, like, we need uh, but I- we need more info because I had a vision. <laughs> all of a sudden, this bed just <laughs> just the legs shot out. And well, see, I, <laughs> I I took it as I took it as like he had like a, a junky bed and it broke apart and they just <laughs> and they just it just fell on Beanie Babies and that's just what how he slept. He just slept in a broken bed on top of his mom's <laughs> Beanie it Babies. It could be. It could be. I, I, I th- did you I, did you I envision did the Beanie I, Babies in boxes or just a big pile of them? I, I, I imagine them in boxes and they had puffed out. But he, the way he said it is he, like, defended it. Like, my mom was a collector. Like, oh, okay, of yeah, Beanie yeah. Babies? Well, well that, a lot that, of people did that. That was a thing in the 90s. It was. It was. Um, yeah. The, the, I also enjoyed when the one. When the demon uh, had sex with that woman? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I enjoyed the reenactment of that. Um, 
all I kept thinking about was Ghostbusters. It's a great Ghostbusters <laughs> homage, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, my other one I really enjoyed was the man who had a dream that an old stranger, an old man, came into his room and oh, told yeah. him that he had just masturbated all over his mom. Yes. No, his mom's bad, not his mom. I think he said his mom. No, he didn't say that. He said uh, you, I, you you soiled your mom's comforter, mom's sheets, or something okay, like that, I, which is still way, funny. But either way, <laughs> that's some weird Freud stuff happening. Yeah. There. So like, and I think that that's that's the thing I found most fascinating is it seemed like each of these people had these characters that kept like I have. Recur- I mean, I'm sure you guys, everyone does. I think right, recurring dreams. Yeah. I don't. I do. I don't. I did. Well, you know, we I, all we all know about my shark attack drowning dreams. Yes, of I have, I have like memorable dreams from when I was a kid and stuff. But I I don't I don't have any that reoccur over and over again. You're you're annoyingly untroubled, and that bugs me. But it, <laughs> you don't you don't have podcasting dreams? No, no. I have no. I have one as a child that I think you both will appreciate a lot. It wasn't <laughs> recurring. I just had it once. Okay, I dreamt. Um, and I would have been like, cause I, I remember which house I was in growing up. So I, I would have been probably in like first or second grade, kindergarten through second grade, uh, which is kind of crazy because it's like where my son is at now. But I had a dream that we lived in a house, and in our house, our house was part of a village that was built around a literal sleeping giant. <laughs> so like, there was this giant giant. So you're like a Lilliputian. And like <laughs> Gulliver shows up. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. And so, and I think I had recently seen Gulliver's Travels. So that's that's what I was thinking. But it was yeah. we were like living around it, right? So like you know, the houses were like built around the arms and everything, right? And uh, uh, the big things you had to be quiet uh, because you didn't want to be too loud and wake the giant. But I, guys, listen to this. I w- I was not quiet. Oh, what? can't believe it! And I woke the giant up, and he woke up and started wrecking havoc and that was that was a nightmare i had that was very vivid that i still remember to this day it's it's weird how that didn't inspire you to be quieter though (laughs) you went went the opposite so Uh, come come at me giant (laughs) so can i share one that that i think really captures our our midwestern backgrounds really well Okay. I pr- I'm probably going to regret sharing this, but that's okay. So, um, you know, sometimes in, in dreams, people uh, have sex, right? So I've heard. It's known to happen. Since, since the, the dawn of puberty for me, I have almost never had a sex dream where I actually have sex. I will all, in my sex dreams, it's always somebody wants to have sex with me. And then I, and it's in my dreams always, I am either like, during my very early years, it's like, oh, I, we're not married. We can't have sex. <laughs> or or for the va- – that was only for a while. For the vast majority of my life, like in, in these dreams where it's a sex dream, uh, I am I'm dating somebody, so I'm explaining to that person in my dream why we can't have sex because I am in a relationship. Yep. And I don't think I've ever actually had sex with somebody in my dream. It's always like somebody – trying to seduce me and me explaining why we can't and it's so pathetic and it's like and so i always wake up from those dreams like god i'm so pathetic do you do you wake up and tell your significant other that like by the way i said no Uh, last night to someone else you shared a bed with a hero by the way yeah (laughs) isn't that you're welcome i've never heard of anyone else like having that like as a pattern but i i 
uh, yeah, never, that's, never. That's that old Catholic guilt. Yeah, I know. It's, isn't it wild that it's still, I mean, you know, I'm 36 and uh, I, it doesn't happen. I don't have dreams like that often. I guess, fortunately, like I'm the only person who doesn't want to have sex dreams because <laughs> it'll just frustrating. <laughs> so demeaning. Yeah. Just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm actually engaged. Um, one thing I, have some, that... I have some single friends, though, if you'd like to call them. <laughs> one thing I have is that I will dream, like, I'll dream out the entire plot of movies, <laughs> and I'll, but, like, I it'll be, like, the first time I've seen it, and, like, I'll transplant myself into a character. Oh, yeah, that's fun. I've never yeah. had one like that. That sounds fun. It's, it's Can not... you give us a notable example? Uh, no. Nel. <laughs> not... <laughs> No, not Nell. Uh, on brand is uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh like, my God! Are like, you an ape or a human? I was the Charlton Heston character. <laughs> but it's sweet. But it's weird because, like, on some level, I know the story, but I'm still surprised at things happening. Oh, that, and okay. Speaking of which, so like sharing dreams like that—that that was the I thought the part of that movie that creeped me out the most is, and obviously, you know, these are people telling their story, you know. So do we believe him or not? But it's more fun if you just believe him, right? So this one of the subjects was sharing a bed with somebody, and he was experiencing well, two two people. I think that's yeah. an important point because that's another thing where I was like, wait a minute, can we? Yeah, well, yeah. look I mean, into this one a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so he has uh, like a sleep sleep paralysis experience, and he sees what like isn't the cat on the woman next to him on her chest. And, he and sees a big he he sees a he sees a big demon in all black with red eyes. Yeah, on top of him, and then she wakes up screaming, and she said that she saw a big cat with red eyes on his chest. Yeah, isn't that wasn't that so creepy? So they both like had like a nightmare, or an experience, or whatever you want to call it, and both of them had like certain features of it being exactly the same. Which I, I don't know. I I think that's pretty neat. And it I, is, and I, it makes it you is, wonder, like, it, from a spiritual side, and not none, none of us are spiritual people, you know. But like, if you were, you could imagine that there might be, as some people speculate in the film, like, there's some sort of spiritual realm, and when you're in sleep paralysis, you're able to like see these, the, this darkness that is a layer underneath what we can see waking. You know, I don't know, and I don't believe any of that, but it's still fun to think about it right I, I approach it more from kind of like a uh historical etymology thing because they said they said that throughout history there have been reports of kind of seeing this shadow man or the yeah. the demon cats or things like that so obviously these are things that are kind of baked into various cultures and i just wonder like you know where you first see those or when because i you know a lot of it is kind of self-fulfilling prophecy um an example is i once i heard about how uh you know people who have near-death experience and they see the white tunnel well if you grow up you've heard the example of the white tunnel thing a thousand times so it's kind of been implanted in your brain so now i that's not as common as the the demon cat sitting on you yeah but it, it, but, it I mean, speaks. Is... It speaks to like these core fears that are just baked. Like yeah, I mean, like human beings, we're all f- afraid of the same basic things, and we all have physic physically the same brains. So so our like sort of core selves must 
it's possible that they all manifest these core fears with the same kinds of visuals, right? Yeah, and I that's where I wish this movie had gone and that it talked about, you know, yeah. Cuz I'm I'm the same way. I don't you know, I don't think there's anything it's it's fun to, you know, think that there's shadow men or the dick punching claw or whatever, but uh, <laughs> or like the alien, I, the static aliens. Yeah, the static aliens. But at the end of the day, like I, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not saying I don't believe these people. I'm just saying like their brains are just kind of going haywire. But what is the thing that causes our brains to do that? Where does that come from? And well, I it's wish... just a f- fear, though, right? I mean, like a shadowy figure with red eyes is, you know, I would say a pretty primitive, scary thing. And yeah. I think as time goes on, you know, once we hit like the sci-fi era in the in the 20th century now you're talking now it's aliens right i mean you're just yeah. sort of your brain is filling it in filling in what your fear is during that yeah i again i this movie didn't do much for me and i i just wish that there had been either a scientist or a historian or a psychologist instead of just like poor like you know, zooming over reddit <laughs> <laughs> literally zoomed over reddit at one point well i mean i don't know it's just not the i don't know I think that if the if the this movie the to function, me felt purpose, like this felt like someone just telling me the plot of the Babadook <laughs> like that's what this movie felt like to me I was like it had some cool visuals but it's uh, it just it didn't do anything for me. I read that one thing that happens is people who have and I know Joe you said you were sleeping on your stomach but apparently it happens more in people who sleep on their back that mm-hmm. they have sleep paralysis because gravity's on your chest which i guess could also happen if you're on your stomach but there's just more pressure on your chest who are these freaks who actually sleep on their back i don't know i'm a side sleeper i'm a side sleeper yeah i don't i can't even imagine it um but like a purposely sleeping on your back uh, that's that's for corpses is what that is (laughs) but yeah there's just more pressure on your lungs and like your on like your your throat and stuff and so can you can like you know have a hard harder time breathing while you're sleeping and that can create that sort of sensation um, one thing I will give this movie credit for is it shows the plight of dealing with doctors who, if not are unsympathetic, just don't know anything. Yeah. Um, because this is something where I've brought it. I've seen, obviously I've had a sleep study and I've talked to some doctors who are a little more well-versed, but generally when you bring it up, it's like, it's like, uh, are you having lots of alcohol? Uh, are you staying up late it's like no no like they go through this checklist of like sleep uh sleep hygiene they call it yeah and it's like are you doing any needle drugs right before bed like no that's not that's not the issue (laughs) well they they basically and i agree with you that is one thing that the film does well and the and the answer you'll always get for with from any medical professional that doesn't really care it's just like well it sounds like you've got too much stress in your life so you should uh, examine that and try to reduce stress it's just which like we their... do know stress is like a huge thing for this i mean it's not like stress isn't a problem no but it's still a, yeah it's... it's still a lazy answer that and it, and, and it doesn't it isn't helpful if they're not it, it's a it's you're right but it still is a blow-off answer um one example of just how doctors don't really know really what to do with this is when I, when I had my, this was about 10 years ago and I had my follow up, uh, for the sleep study, they asked me questions and they, at the time my 
sleep was much worse and I do I think at that point a lot more had to do with like job and career stuff and that was a factor but they said they're like well do you ever feel drowsy when you're driving and it wasn't a ton of the time but it was sometime like like yeah I, I guess some of the time they're like oh you need Adderall here's some Adderall God. <laughs> and so they just wrote me a prescription for they gave me like <sighs> it must have been like 300 pills of Adderall and I don't have an addictive personality, but like I tried, like I would try it and I was like, man, this stuff doesn't mess around. And they were just passing it out like candy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a different discussion, but I even remember when I broke my wrist in 2001, which would have been like the height of like (laughs) overprescribed, uh, for painkillers, they were like, "Do you want some painkillers for that wrist?" And I was like, "No, I, it's okay." And they're like, "Well, here's thirty anyways, just yeah. in case." Yeah. I was like, "What?" Same thing when I got a wisdom <laughs> tooth taken out. I was, they're like, oh, "Do you uh, do you think you'll need some Vicodin for the pain?" I was like, "No, I'm sure ibuprofen will be fine." It's like, "Well, I'm just gonna write you a prescription for it anyways." Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> no. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. My <laughs> the follow up to my sleep study involved me being given a large amount of speed. <laughs> um i have one other pet peeve that's not just this movie but in general uh i i really i don't know why it gets at me maybe you guys will be on the other side of me on this but when people talk about remembering something when they were a year old it just drives me up the wall like i remember when i was a year old in my crib no you don't yeah i i think anything before four like me maybe three but yeah like i i feel like my conscious memory is like four and five is the first time yeah most people experience childhood amnesia so like by the time you become an adult you don't remember anything from like four and under now if you were to act like an ask like a nine-year-old they might remember that and legitimately remember it but once you become an adult you don't you don't maintain those memories anymore of being in a crib what about the people who claim they remember being born and being in the womb Sane people and they're wrong <laughs> come at me world <laughs> if you if you could remember that how horrifying yeah, would that, that be like w- <laughs> if you could honestly remember that that is like like wartime trauma level <laughs> memory <laughs> yeah i mean most people yeah. most women who give birth don't remember even doing that it's all the drugs baby well, that's probably also partly like a survive. Like, yes, it's yes. there's probably an evolutionary reason to not remember it because then you don't remember how much it hurts, and then you'll yep. be willing to do it again. They just <laughs> yeah. don't want to remember pooping in front of everyone. <laughs> Thank true, you, Doug. True that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so it seems like you guys don't like the film very much because it's not the film that you want it to be. But would you say like it seems like the primarily the point of the movie is just to tr- sort of convey what this ex- the experience of sleep paralysis is like do you think it works it, taking the film for what it is and it I, seems like that's really all it's trying to do do you I think that I, it's all right at that i'm honestly not sure because i i wrestle with it and it's a fair question and part of me part of me thinks that if you knew nothing about sleep paralysis this would be a good intro but part of me also thinks that this movie wants to have it both ways and that it wants to kind of make it like supernatural and spooky and 
obviously because of the nature of sleep paralysis, there's going to be overlap. So I, uh, I don't know. It takes itself very seriously. It takes itself seriously. Um, and it's serious what these people are going through. Like, no, yeah, especially yeah, people who are like having sleep paralysis multiple times a week. Like, that seems bad. And I was curious that does your life suffer because of this? What happened? Like, do, you know, do people with sleep paralysis have other issues in the world because they're getting less sleep? Like, questions like that, I had no answers for in this. Yeah. Well, I think that they kind of touch on that. Like, that one guy basically feels like he's it's going to kill him, and he talks about that towards the end. Was and that the guy it, who stacked up multiple televisions? Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, okay, but, but I mean, I, if okay, if that experience that I had, if I had that happen even just like once a week, and if for him it was happening at some at, during some periods, like every night, if I thought having five TVs turned on in my bedroom would keep me from th- experiencing that, I would absolutely do it because it is unbelievably yeah. terrifying. And I, I, if it happened all the time, I would be so afraid to go to sleep. And that the anxiety of being afraid to go to I already have trouble falling asleep and I'm not afraid of going to bed you know so if I was also terrified that hey if I fall asleep this might happen to me tonight I can't even imagine how awful my life would be and how tired I would be all the time and how unhappy I would be it would be torture so one thing one reason I I think I dislike this movie more at the end is because this movie doesn't really have an ending it just kind of keeps telling these weird stories and one woman found Jesus. One woman finds Jesus. Uh, and there's not, there's not really, again, there's, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's that it's not the movie I wanted it to be. It's just, there's not really a structure. It's just, there's, it's talking heads and some reenactments, which obviously can work i mean errol morris has done fantastic work with that but i got i got an idea though that would make us all happy okay mm-hmm. you take these eight people and you have them live together in the new season of real world <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and just put cameras in their rooms yep just a, the nighttime is just room? screams <laughs> and then yeah i <laughs> they can know, show them the cameras and be like, look at there was no shadow people. That would be the most boring season of real world ever because everyone would be too tired to have sex and do <laughs> shenanigans during the day. <laughs> yeah. They should hire people to come in with shadow those like in the costumes during real world the, sleep paralysis. The shadow man. Mm-hmm. So I would say like our overall review of this is like if you average the, our three thoughts, it's like it's a movie that has some scary moments. And it's an interesting topic, but the film doesn't totally work. I do like the visuals of the the alien people and the shadow man and the the claw thing and such. Um, oh, one thing I did, another thing that I wanted more about is the guy's girlfriend who just decided to make a rock circle formation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> like how he's like, yeah, she was kind of earthy. And then like talks, I'm like, this is a little beyond earthy, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> were they having some type of uh, ritual out in the, in the woods or whatever? And yeah, there are some, there are some weird people in this movie and I don't know if they're like, I don't know what came first they're just strange and they have sleep paralysis or if having sleep paralysis resulted in very strange people. I I would say anyone listening to the show, like you already know if you're going to like this movie or not based on whether we, based on the way we talked about it. So 
if it sounds interesting to you after listening to all this, then you're probably going to like it and you should watch it. And if it sounds dumb as hell, then don't waste your time. So I thought um, w- before we wrap things up, we should um, talk about, it, you know, in keeping with sort of the fears, like what goes bump in the night for you? Like when the nights, when the lights turn off, is there like something that you're routinely afraid of? You know, like I, I think some, whether it's now or when you were a kid, like I was, when I was a kid, I was just absolutely paralyzed by fear almost every single night falling asleep because I was afraid that I was going to look to one side of my bed or the other and I would see somebody staring back at me. So I would actually like like bring the blankets up around my head so that I couldn't see to the left or the right. I was just like so afraid that there was somebody, somebody who's going to be there, like someone or something. So I was yeah. afraid. I, I I don't know if that's being afraid of the dark is exactly the right way to put it, but like I, being afraid while I was going to sleep was something that I I dealt with all the time when I was a little kid. It doesn't really scare me anymore, except for the odd time where like a shadow was weird in my room and I think I could see somebody. But so I guess I, I sort of grew out of that. Do you guys have experiences with that, with that like regular things that you're afraid of or were when you were a kid? Um, and you're talking sleep related. Just like going to bed or, yeah. or while you're sleeping or just or just the dark in general, yeah. nighttime. I, I'm a – so and when it comes to supernatural stuff, I'm like 0% scared of anything supernatural because I just don't believe in it, any of it. I just like – means nothing to me. So the idea of like ghosts or whatever, I – nothing. Um, well, so like when you were a little kid and you'd hear – was that the case back then? Like, if you heard a strange noise or saw something weird, so in your bedroom, I've always in your been, house. Yeah, so the idea of a home invasion has always scared me and continues to scare me. Which is partly why I love to read and listen about serial killers because it actually, it actually scares me quite a bit. Um, and like the scariest. Remember, to me, remember how you're considering doing that Amazon entry thing to your home? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I just find that I was fun- actually <laughs> Yeah, that's well, true. Well, I I just find it funny that you have this <laughs> just fear of home invasion and you're considering letting Jeff Bezos come into your home. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. That like I don't, you the know, the most serial killing looking billionaire that we have in our country, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I don't like have like I don't, you know, have like a security system around my house. Like I'm not I'm not paranoid. I don't sleep with a gun, but it's something that always scares me. The idea of um, and the scariest one, if you want me to uh, give a little fright to our listeners, is the Golden State mm-hmm. Killer, is the scariest one, because he's since been caught, thankfully recently. But uh, that was Pat Oswalt's for uh, wife who died, right? Yes, she wrote the book. Um, What's her name? Sorry, we should actually use her name, uh, but I don't remember her name. Uh, Michelle McNamara. That's right, yeah, Michelle, Michelle McNamara. McNamara. What the, something in the dark? What's the name of the book? I'll be gone in the dark. I'll something. be gone in the dark. Okay, so yeah, that book is excellent, and it was written before he was found. But essentially, this guy, uh, he would, he kind of upgraded, but he would, you know, go into people's houses and steal stuff, and then he would go into people's houses and he would rape women, and then it escalated to where he would, uh, he would go into houses, usually ranch homes, which is what I live in, I, ranch I, house. It's not funny, but it is that it escalated from going into the house and raping someone. Yes, like, yeah. Like, I'm like, uh, how, how much more can this escalate? It would escalate in that he would go after families or couples. So he would uh, go into a house, uh, and all of a sudden, let's say there was a husband and wife sleeping, they would just wake up and there would be a man with a gun to him 
right by their bed pointed at him. And then he would have the woman tie up the man, and then he would put a bunch of plates, glass, like plates and bowls and stuff all over the man's back. And essentially be like, if I hear any of these plates break, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill your wife and everyone in this house. And then he would take the wife to another room and then rape her. And then at first that's all he would do, and then towards the end he would then kill them and then leave. That keeps me up at night. So do you sometimes have trouble sleeping because you're afraid like someone's going to come in? Um, sometimes like I'll be like, oh, what was that? What is that? And I've sort of like, and also we have a cat. So the cat's like always making crazy noises. Like you're just like, and, and in a weird way, the cat's made it better for me because I'll be like, oh, it's just the cat. Don't yeah. worry about it. Even though like I'm like the cat's right here, but I'll <laughs> like rationalize it away because like I know chances are there's not someone in my house. It's just you know, sounds happen. Okay, so so you don't have – I mean, it's still an irrational fear because, like, statistically yes. speaking, but it, it's significantly more rational than being afraid of, like, a ghost or something. Yes. So, so to some extent, I suppose it's rational. And then has that been, like, a lifelong thing? Yeah, like, I always uh, – growing up, I grew up in a farmhouse, and I was an only child. So the whole upstairs, like, I had a bathroom in my bedroom, and no one was up there. So, like, you know, I remember, like, always, like, going in the bathroom and, like, getting ready and then, like – usually opening the shower curtain because i'm like is there someone hanging out in the shower waiting for me (laughs) or like you know open the closet door before i go to bed uh like that stuff i still kind of i i don't i don't do that to that extent but like i'll still have those creepy thoughts or like the ultimate one where you're driving and you're like is there someone in my backseat backseat yeah 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 where do you think psychologically that comes from do you think it's from like the isolation of where you lived and the idea that if if this did happen no one would save me or do you, do, was there like an experience that you had, or or do you I think, remember, it's, or do you, are you unable to explain it? I remember seeing like a, a movie, or like my parents were watching a movie where like a serial killer had like broken through a glass, um, a glass ceiling down in some rich person's house. And good, good for her. Water. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> I got it now. Uh, <laughs> serial killer had dropped down through the glass ceiling and then like used piano wire just to strangle the woman. And like that stuck with me at a young age. And I don't think that that image is ever like I've ever shaken that image. Okay. All right, Duff, how about you? What's uh, what uh, does bump in the night for you? Um, the idea of being trapped in your own body and sleep paralysis does that. But the notion of... Um, being paralyzed um, either psychologically or physically is something that I've had a fear of and this actually kind of reminded me of uh, uh, Dalton Trumbo very famous screenwriter um, wrote a book and later directed a movie version uh, called Johnny Got His Gun yeah that's a great which uh, the movie itself, uh, I think it's worth seeing. It's of its time. But uh, if you're of a certain age and uh, uh, musical, uh, if your musical preferences go that way, the, the movie was cut into the video for Metallica's One. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Now. And it's so it's the story of uh, someone goes to World War One and is their they have all their limbs shot off and like their face is shot off so they can 
they can hear, but they can't see, speak, smell anything. I don't think they and, can even hear in the book. I know. I don't the remember. Ears are blown off too. So, so in the book, they they really are basically a torso that is unable yeah. to see or hear or or move or speak. Yeah. And That's, and it's a really powerful. There's a really powerful passage in there about how, um, about death and how like basically nothing is worth dying for and that that every human being in that moment when you're about to die you would do anything not to and it just it's really it's probably one of the best like if you're from an anti-war perspective like the most powerful thing i've ever read because uh, yeah and i it's, it's really i really haven't good. read it but i get the feeling that it's a much better book than movie and it's a it's a yeah. dec- it's a decent movie with some really harrowing scenes but like basically the crux of it is at the end, like the only thing he wants is for them to use him as like an anti-war message to like, basically like wheel him around or, and if they won't do that, they want him, they want, he wants to be killed just yeah for obvious reasons. And he actually, he can communicate through Morse code. I think it is. Like he'll hit his head because that's all he can do is move his head. And so there's a nurse who tries to help him, but then the doctors stop her. And so he's just trapped in his body for however much longer he lives. And the mo- I don't know if the book ends this way, but the movie just fades with him, like, internally saying, SOS, help. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and honestly, it's a pretty great music video, which really kind of captures a lot of the essence of it well let me just seamlessly go to the plugs now (laughs) do we are we allowed to say what we're doing next week listeners choice yeah our listeners choice uh arachnophobia ran away with it so we will be talking about that and i'm going to admit i'm not wild about spiders so i've never seen this movie um really so this will be new to me um, so yeah, we'll be back next week with our arachnophobia episode and, uh, you can find us at a free You can write us a review. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at a free podcast and you can join our Facebook group at, uh, facebook.com slash freeloaders. Also, I think I had someone ask us how to contact us, uh, via email. You can email us at midnightboyspod at gmail.com. That's it, boys. Is that boys with an S or a Z? With, a, <laughs> with an S. Okay. Just with an sure. S. Just making sure. Um, well, you guys sleep tight, okay? <laughs> but not too tight. Make sure not, you can move. Yep. And uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs>